2: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: It's time for Mark and Kitchen. Call the show at 401 737 1287 Southern New England Sports Original. All
0: right, welcome into the Mark and Kitchen Show. Mark Dondero, Nick Coit with you this morning. Nick, good morning. How are you? Oh, Maki, it's great to be with you, pal. What's going great on? Great to be with you. I appreciate you uh, sitting in for Kitch. Once again, I have no idea where he is, but <laughs> it's always a pleasure to talk to you. How's right things
1: going? Right back at you, pal. Yeah, happy to be with you. I, I didn't have to go far. I'm literally sitting at the Pizzatola Center at Brown University and did the show this morning, so happy to be with you for another two hours. We got an 11.30 a.m. tip-off, so it works out perfectly. Ah, beautiful.
0: Okay. Yeah. Well, there's a lot to get to, a lot to talk about. Um, you know, a few things that I've been thinking about and want to make mention of And the first, you know, I I don't know if this is the biggest story. Um, obviously we're going to talk about the Patriots and I have a thought on, on what they're doing, what they should do, where they're going. Um, and I'll be honest with you, Nick, I kind of wanted to start the process today and I know there'll be time for this down the road and we'll do it again and you'll do it with Scott and all those things. I'm I'm starting the process of sort of uh, reliving the Belichick years, so maybe we'll talk about some of our favorites. Oh, you're getting nostalgic. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna get, we're gonna start doing that um, because honestly, Kitch and I were having conversations about the end. You know, re- reluctantly and unfortunately, we were having conversations about the end long before the conversations about the end really generated steam. Yes, you were. Um, and now I feel like you know I don't know if we're gonna. If I'm ahead of the curve, but I I feel like he had a. There was obviously a lot to the run that was the Bill Belichick era. Right. And I want to go over some of those things because I figured it'd be fun for you and me and people that have been in the press conferences and doing something. So we'll see if we can get to that. But my first thought, um, I just wanted to comment on the Celtics. And I just wanted to make a quick comment on what we saw in the in-season tournament from last night. And I'll be honest with you, Nick, I was disappointed. Not that I had grand expectations, but I made the point last week. That I thought, and maybe as we go a little bit further into it, we'll feel it a little bit more. But I genuinely thought that the tournament was going to have a more big game feel to it than I felt last night. I did not feel like it had a big game feel to it. It just felt like the court was different and it was another one of 82. Um, And that disappointed me because I made the point that the Celtics in particular could benefit, would benefit from this tournament and this setup because they need the the experience, they need the reps, being in big games, being in close games late, being in tight, difficult games, and executing late in those games. And I thought, hey, if you could find a way in the regular season to even simulate those situations more often, that would benefit the Celtics more than other teams. And I just thought, based on what I saw last night, the energy, I mean, Jason Tatum, not that he was bad, I'm not saying he was bad last night, but he was basically sleepwalk through the first quarter. I mean, not just on the stat sheet. If you were watching him, he's sauntering up and down. The, I mean, there, that was not a playoff atmosphere that I was watching last night from Tatum. Other guys were doing it. He was, you know, Jalen Brown was hot. But he was just kind of going through the motions in, in large part. And maybe because they're so talented, he can do that. Yeah. I was just, my big takeaway, and again, maybe as they go a little bit further, Final Four, Vegas, whatever it is, I'll feel it. I just didn't think it felt like much of a big game, and it didn't really add anything other than that the court was a little different to look at. Did you feel the same? What was yeah. your takeaway on the tournament?
1: Yeah, I I, I I appreciate that they're trying to do something different, and they're trying to get guys up for, you know, games in November, uh, keep their best players on the floor before Christmas. Um, so I, I, I think the idea of it is good. Yeah, it's tough to get up. It's a Celtics Nets game. Like, what's what's sort of get up for? Like, oh man, they're all they're playing the Nets tonight. Oh, let's go! Let's order the wings. Let's get the pizzas. Let's. Oh yeah, no, it's, nobody's getting into that. Like, it's you, they should win and take care of the Nets. When when you saw the Celtics group for this in season tournament, you're like, oh boy. Well, they should take care of this and get to Vegas. Like, they they should win this group. Like, they they should have no problem. I think you're right. I think once we get to the later stages of this, it'll have more of a big game feel. I think teams will treat it less like just your regular season game in November because there'll be a little bit more at stake. Um, yeah, I I'm not a huge fan of the courts. I'm not. I, I just one they hurt my eyes, and two, I don't know. I just don't like messing with the traditional parquet at TD Garden. They didn't feel like TD Garden last night. I, yeah, the atmosphere was fine. No, you know what it
0: felt like? I'll tell you what it felt like. It felt like the bubble.
1: Yeah, it did. I was just about to say that, Mark.
0: And it's so just like, right. why would you want to recreate the damn bubble? I know. You know? I and I know they're not. That. Just the the court's different. But that's what it reminded yeah, me of. Yeah. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. So, yeah, it's it's tough for them to get up
1: for that. Um, And, and let me say this, too, Mark. I'm going to give you credit because I said this on our show, and I said your name, and I said i credit Mark because he is stuck with this. He's been consistent with this. And I think it showed up this week. You have been consistent in the fact that, Everybody was excited, 5-0 and start. Everything looks great. They're talented. They got all this talent in their top six. You've been consistent with, yeah, okay, cool. Let's wait until they get to the big moments. Let's see what Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown can do. You've been consistent with that, and this week wasn't great. Like, the That's Timberwolves game you, wasn't Thank great. Thank you, Nick.
0: Thank it's, you, Nick.
1: Yeah, and and we talked about Missoula on our show and just like that 9-0 run in overtime against the Timberwolves. Now, he didn't call timeout, and it sort of was like a, uh, man, like, is Joe just, you know, has he learned from some of those, you know, momentum swings from last year? Maybe not. Um, You know, so those are the sorts of things that you still look at with the Celtics team and say until those change in those big moments? I don't know, man. I don't know if it's – it's it's tough for us to really get excited about the Celtics until they really come through, particularly with a guy like Jalen Brown who – Recency bias wasn't exactly great in a game seven scenario when he could have stepped up against the Heat
0: last year. Okay. So uh, there, there's a ton of thoughts on this. And, <laughs> you know, more so in, on Twitter, um, people obviously give it to me hard. Oh, they, they uh, attack in you. In terms of uh, that take, and they don't like that take, and it's early, and, it, and all the, th- you know, they hate that take. Um, it proved right last year. Because ultimately, they weren't, you know, some of those games, a lot of people, and I am not one of them, by the way, but a lot of people are. Um, part of the reason, part of the reason some people think the Celtics faltered in that series against the Heat going down 3 part of the reason. Again, I'm not one of them necessarily, but people have said this, was because they they wasted time and had to play too many game, unnecessary games earlier in the playoffs yep. that led to maybe some fatigue, and that got the that got them off to a slow start against the Heat. I don't right. know how you feel about that, but the, the Hawks, and they blew a couple. You know, they lost, where they lose a game, or they lost to the Sixers early. They yeah. should have won one of those games. Yeah. No, it's okay. it, it
1: just like the the Eastern Conference Final win seven games, and they had to rally all the way back from a 3-0 deficit to
0: get to game seven. Like, okay. that should have been
1: unnecessary with that team.
0: So... You know that's that's one thing, and then they go down and they lose the series, obviously, coming back from o three is tough. Um, I, I just the, the whole thing fascinates me more than anything else. Yeah. You know what I mean, because of the level of talent of Tatum and Brown, and then you juxtapose that with how they've been in those moments, it's just fascinating. Yeah, and you could t- like the stats, people throw those loser stats at me, loser stats. Anybody can see when you're watching, and this is what, and we you guys were talking about Missoula, and we can get into Joe Missoula a little bit later, but he's throwing numbers at, like, there's nothing I hate more than numbers being thrown. Numbers, throw numbers at. I hate numbers. Now, they're relevant, okay? yeah But you know what it's to me? It, it's like when in football, when, and I know Kitsch is always hard on this, and I agree with him. If you start talking, it's like going out after a football game and hammering the the impact of special teams in the game. Yes, sometimes it changes the game. Yes, sometimes it could be the difference in the game, and it does factor in, no doubt. But special teams isn't the biggest part of the game. Yeah. So I don't want to hear. I don't want my whole my whole um being if I'm an NBA head coach or a baseball guy for that matter to be about the. I can't be handcuffed to numbers and stats. Well, Mark, It's a loser mentality. And I hated hearing Joe Mazzullo talk about they lean on numbers and talk about numbers. So, You know what I would have said if I was in that press conference? Hey, Joe, all those numbers are great. You lost! So yeah, what right. do all the numbers do there? Like, what am I supposed to think about all those numbers you're telling me? Right. You lost the game! Right. And all those numbers, not only did the numbers he was telling us add up to what he was trying to, the point he was trying to make, and then some. He was talking about winning or holding them to 25 points in one or two quarters. You held them to under 25 or whatever it was in three quarters. I don't remember what it was. And you still lost. I hate numbers. Um, numbers don't, don't always tell the story.
1: No, no <laughs> It's okay. Take a deep breath. Take a deep breath. He's coming in hot. Coming in hot. No, I, I'm with you. I mean, the, the biggest thing for me, yeah, you know, Mark, you're a baseball guy like I'm a baseball guy. It, that that's the sport to me, that numbers, that that's the one that bothers me the most because people throw. Well, this number, and he's got a consistent war, and he's got a win, and, and then above OPS, above replacement, and then this. So I would trade for him and put him in my bullpen. I don't care. Can he throw a strike? Like, can he strike somebody out in a big spot in the eighth inning? Can he come up with a clutch hit in the eighth inning? Like, that that's the sport that numbers bother me the most. Um, So that, that to me is the example. Like when you throw numbers at me, I'm so about the eye test in any sport. It's can this guy do this? Like numbers don't always tell the story. Numbers can't tell you why David Ortiz came through so many times for the Red Sox in the clutch. There's nothing to measure that in numbers. It's just the dude stepped up in big spots and just thrived. That was it. And so it's certain people are like that. Michael Jordan, are there stats for Michael Jordan that say, like, he was this in clutch situations or whatever? Maybe. Maybe somebody came up with a formula. But all I can tell you is, against the in the flu game against the Jazz, in, in this moment, in that moment, he fist-pumped after hitting this three. He came up big in this series. That, that, that's not numbers. That's just telling you the story. That's what it was. That's what the guy did. When Kobe had to come up in big spots, how many time and time and time after, again, did this guy come up big? There's no numbers to tell me that. Not, it was you just the dude came number,
0: through. What numbers measure onions, stones? Right, you exactly. Know, it, there's just not, and again. Maybe the number of you know, times Joe, Joe Raftery says us, it during a college basketball broadcast. Maybe that's Joe, it. Joe, Joe, yeah, right. Joe just texted us, okay? Mark is consistently critical on the Celtics. Look. I don't I'm not. I don't want to be critical. I'm just I'm, I have not seen the proof. I mean, we're talking about a team with championship aspirations, a team yeah. that's been in the finals. you know, I'm not talking about a, a Patriots low level garbage basement. I'm talking about a team that's been in the finals that we all think is on the verge of winning the championship and yeah. could win the cha- and is ready to win the championship. So when you add that expectation to the mix, whether or not they're able to win in clutch moments is a huge deal. Yeah. It's a huge deal. Like I don't understand the disconnect. That's a big deal. So I'm way I, I wanna see it's fascinating to me how they perform in the, like I'm watching the game last night, right? Jalen first of all, when Jalen Brown gets hot, okay, and I don't have a problem with this, but he is on I mean Ball hog mode. He just jacks up shot after shot. And I'm all for going for the hot hand. I just yep. think it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. And at the same time, I'm thinking to myself, you know, it's great that he's hot here in the first quarter of November game against the Brooklyn Nets. And he can't make, he's making threes and ones, all this. But I'm thinking to myself, and it's happened, but I'm thinking, how often when the Celtics really need him, is he doing that? You know, he, you yep. can make, I mean, John Tomasi. Okay. It was interesting. Um, and by the way, you're talking about the baseball numbers of the $300 million men in baseball. Uh, the, the guy with the second highest war is Mookie Betts. Okay. He's been awful for the most part in the playoffs. So it's great to have this war stat associated you with go. you. You've been awful in the playoffs. Aaron judge has the best war out. I mean, he's been good in the playoffs. He hasn't brought the Yankees anywhere. So that's something else. But Tomasi wrote an article on NBC where yep. he was outlining. And he's right that for $300 million, Raphael Devers needs to be better. Okay, And he made the point that this year he had 33 home runs and 100 RBIs, which is a good year. But does anyone remember any of them? (laughs) You know what I mean? Not really. So that's what I'm saying. You could have stats. You could have numbers that back up your production and all these things. But unless you're doing it, I I honestly, Nick, now that I'm thinking of it, do do you even remember what David Ortiz's stats were in 2003 and 2004? No. Like how many home runs did he hit in 04? Do you I don't remember know. off the top of your head? Couldn't tell you. I, I'm sure it was five. Like, I'm sure he hit 30 or it was a good number. But that wasn't the point. The point was, in the biggest moments, he was there. I the only I remember in 06 he went crazy, hit like 50 something home runs. And what right. happened in 06? Nothing for the Red. I don't even remember no. what happened in 06 with the Red Sox.
1: No, I couldn't I couldn't tell you the stats in 03 and 04, but I could tell you in games 4 and 5 in the ALCS, David Ortiz came up with the game-winning
0: hits. That's correct. Okay, and, I'll, and I'm certainly not comparing. I'm not, I'm not even... Okay, I'm not even comparing or coming close to comparing Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum to Kirk Cousins. I am not doing that, but... Kirk Cousins is a guy that accumulates stats, and he's not a bad quarterback statistically. Right. But when it comes down to winning and winning at the highest level, that's not the guy. Okay. I'm just think about the other night. I don't know if you watched much of the 76ers game, and I forget exactly what the score was. Might have been, might have been 104 to 100 at the time, a okay. minute or so to go. Yep. Did, I don't know if you caught the end of the game. Did you see who hit a bit, a little baby jumper to extend the lead? I did not. Yeah, it was to it. Joel Embiid, okay? okay? And he extended the lead from 104 to 100 to 106-100. I'm even thinking to myself, when was the last time Brown or Tim hit that shot? That was a big – and that's not the biggest shot, and I'm sure they've hit it, Nick. Yeah, But I'm just – I don't see it often enough where, hey, it's the – you're playing a really good team. It's a four-point game with a little over a minute to go, you know, and you need a bucket. To kind of put the game away, and that was Embiid doing what a Joel Embiid is supposed to do, okay? He took yep. the ball, he made a field goal, extended the lead to 106-103, then it was Brown who did hit a three, okay? Right. So give him credit there, even though you could argue at that point, there's not as much pressure because you're pretty much out of it. It's just, you know, I'll throw it up and hopefully it go. you know, I'm loose because I have nothing to lose, you know? <laughs> and maybe i'm not giving him enough credit. He hit the 3, say, it made it 106-103, but the yeah. Celtics couldn't uh close the gap and they won. The Sixers won by that score. Embiid hit the big shot. I'm just even a moment like that would say something to me. If Tatum or Brown could hit that shot, and i just don't see it enough and when you get when you look at their level of talent, it's just fascinating that in those games they still struggle and until i see otherwise, i'm still going to have that Reservation as yeah. we go into the biggest games. I'm a little I'm a little more
1: concerned in those spots with Brown than I am Tatum. Uh, and, and maybe that's just Agreed. the recency bias and the, the current state. Because I can tell you the games where I, I can think of where Tatum came through. Like that awful, awful three and a half quarters that he had against the Sixers last year in that game six. And then all of a sudden he rallied and, and came up with big shot after big shot and helped them win. And then one in Game Seven, obviously with that big performance. Like those, to me, were like, okay, those are moments where they needed him. They needed him to come through, and he did. Game Six against the Bucks two years ago on the way to the finals. Like that was a moment for Jason Tatum on the road. Comes through. It's big shots. They needed him late. He gets it done. Where can you think of those with with Jalen Brown?
0: Like when the only Jaylen one I Brown can think happen? of. Okay, the only one I can think of is, and I don't even remember if they won the game. I think they did win the game. Didn't he, in game one of the finals last year, uh, not last year, the year they were in the finals against Golden State, didn't he have, like, a stretch early in the fourth quarter, late third, early fourth, where he kind of brought them back from the dead, sort of? Yeah. And then it was Horford and White who made some shots down the stretch. But it was, like, Jalen Brown who scored, like, 12 points in a stretch there that really helped the Celtics kind of get back into the game. And they kind of took over from there that's the only time i could ever remember where they needed him to be jalen brown like at his best and he was that, that's the only time yeah. you give him credit for that but he's so good i mean he's an all nba guy i need more than that i need yeah, more absolutely. let's get it trending we got matt on the line we're going to get to the calls um you know i want to just pick piggy- when we get back nick i'm going to piggyback off of what you said okay okay and take it a little bit further because of where this team is and the potential they have. And I also want to look at their first few games and assess what they've done to this point. This is the Mark and Kitchen Show. Nick Coyd in for catch, 103.7 WEI. Let's try.
2: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road.